Are we recording? The Brooklyn Nets have been in a state of disarray from the moment last season ended. Following a tumultuous offseason, things haven't quieted for this Nets organization once. On November 1st, Brooklyn parted ways with their head coach, Steve Nash. Nash served as head coach for the Nets for two full seasons along with the seven games played thus far before his firing. In that time, he went 94-76. and 76. During his tenure, he had likely one of the most hectic and chaotic first-year coaching gigs we've seen in NBA history. Managing superstars like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and then recently Ben Simmons. There's always added pressure when it comes to superstars, but as most NBA fans knows, as far as players with the most baggage, they might make out the first four spots. And with that came expectations, and unfortunately for Nash, those high expectations were not met. It was understood that Nash was in the hot seat following their four-game sweep of the Boston Celtics to pounce them from the playoffs far earlier than initially expected coming into the season. However, Kyrie didn't play for much of it, and James and the James Harden era in Brooklyn came to an end during the season as well. Steve Nash has the ability to become a successful head coach in the NBA. All things considered and simply looking at statistics, he wasn't even a bad coach with Brooklyn. Just wasn't the right fit and nearly an impossible job for a first-time head coach, and the tumultuous offseason didn't help either. With that being said, I forgot I did not uh, did not introduce the. We're gonna do this one more time. Quick break. I know. Welcome in to a special edition of Pick and Pod. My name is Julia Moss. I'm joined here by Will Grant, and we are going to break down the Brooklyn Nets, which is a huge job to do considering everything that's gone into the season. But before we get into that, we're going to do a little background for those who don't know what's happened leading up to this point. As many of you know, the Brooklyn Nets have been in a state of disarray from the moment last season ended. Following a tumultuous offseason, things haven't quieted for this Nets organization once. On November 1st, Brooklyn parted ways with their head coach, Steve Nash. Nash served as head coach for the Nets for two full seasons along with the seven games played thus far before his firing. In that time, he went 94-76. and 76. During his tenure, he had likely one of the most hectic and chaotic first head coaching gigs we've seen in NBA history. Managing superstars like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and then recently Ben Simmons. There's always added pressure when it comes to superstars, but as most NBA fans know, as far as players with the most baggage, those players might make out the first four spots. And with that came expectations. And unfortunately for Steve Nash, those high expectations were not met. And it was understood that Nash was in the hot seat following their four-game sweep from the Boston Celtics to pounce them from the playoffs far earlier than initially expected coming into the season considering their roster. However, Kyrie Irving didn't play for much of it, and James and the James Harden era in Brooklyn came to an end in that season as well. I, we're going to get into this in a little bit, but I personally think Steve Nash has the ability to become a he successful head coach in the NBA. And all things considered, simply looking at statistics, he wasn't even a bad coach with Brooklyn. Just wasn't the right fit and nearly an impossible job for a first-time head coach. With that being said, news broke today, November 9th, that Brooklyn is going to stick with their interim head coach, Jock Vaughn, rather than hiring what people thought would be the next coach in Brooklyn, Ime Adoka. This news will likely be better in the long haul considering the character issues associated with Adoka, who had an inappropriate relationship with a staff member with the Celtics. And coupling that with the fact that the Nets walked back in their interest of Ime, there's likely more to that story that we don't know. Coaching issues are enough to put a team on edge in itself, but unfortunately for the Nets, the issues don't end there. 
On October 27th, star guard Kyrie Irving got himself in hot water nationally regarding a tweet expressing his support of an anti-Semitic film that pushes ideas about the history of the Jewish community that are simply false and hurtful. Since then, he's pledged $500,000 to the ADL or the Anti-Defamation League, which ended up actually being rejected for his lack of empathy and genuine tone in his apology at that time. Since his tweet, he's given very much mixed signals as to the reasoning behind posting it and if he's actually remorseful for the comment. On November 3rd, the NBA then suspended Irving for at least five games, and Kyrie Irving released a more concrete apology shortly thereafter. On November 5th, the Nets released their own guidelines Irving has to complete before rejoining the team. Those guidelines include apologizing and condemning the film, a $500,000 donation to an anti-hate cause, sensitivity training, anti-Semitic training, a meeting with ADL and Jewish leaders, and a meeting with Joe Tsai to determine understanding. It's still unclear when or even if Kyrie will return to the Nets, but all of this news is coming from a team who currently sits at 4-7 and seven with a game against their New York City foes tonight. And Will, that was a lot. And we're going to get into it. First, my first question is we're going to backtrack a little to the coaching situation. Jock Vaughn, he's here for the long haul now. What were your thoughts when you woke up to that news this morning? Waking up this morning to hear that Jock Vaughn was named the Brooklyn head coach after being the interim head coach and before that the assistant coach for five years was not too shocking. Um, considering everything that's come out with Ime Adoko, it makes a lot of sense. You don't want to throw another monkey wrench into this organization. When I went to the game about a week ago, the day that it was announced that Steve Nash was fired, uh, Brooklyn Nets GM Sean Marks had taken the podium and one of the reporters asked him, hey, uh, there's lots of reports coming out that you guys are considering Adoka along with other, you know, potential clients or potential uh, coaches. And in his response, Marks said, no, this is not true. I, this is this is the media. This is not this is nothing concrete. So I think that Marks knew maybe a little more than what we knew, considering his uh, insider you know, information from being a GM in the league. You get a lot of other thoughts that you don't get to hear in the public. So I think Jock Vaughn taking this team with the experience he has to the playoffs is pretty attainable. I'm not sure how far they can go. And with the play-in in a very difficult East right now, I think that there is definitely a chance for them to – you know, make it into that play-in, like I said. Absolutely. And when I initially saw the news right after Steve Nash was fired that Ime Adoka was, you know, in line to be the next head coach, I I just felt like that was not the right move for the Nets as, mm. as an organization as a whole. Like, yes, he is an amazing head coach, but you can't put a head coach like that that has already so much, you know, PR issues surrounding him into a situation that is in on under fire right now from the media. It just felt like you would be flaming that fire so much more. And this, But looking at the Nets, I wouldn't have been surprised if they did go uh, the Adoka route. But this is as pleasantly surprised about this, that they're, they're sticking with Jacques Vaughn. And, you know, the season can't, couldn't have gotten off to much of a worse start. So I feel like the pressure kind of is off of him a little bit. The only thing he can do is really turn it around in a positive way if they stay the way they are. You know, Steve Nash has already put them in that position. So I feel like... The pressure of him right now is a lot different than the pressure of Steve Nash heading into the season. Whether or not that's fair for Steve Nash, that's a whole different conversation. But, you know, things haven't been terrible. Like, they do sit at 4-7. and seven. They lost to the Dallas Mavericks last night by just two points. 
what were your thoughts so far since uh, the the coaching switch has happened? Have you seen any differences in playing style and like you know like the way players have reacted in press conferences surrounding Jacques Vaughn? Like, what is your sense of how the team is accepting Jacques into this role? I think there's a little to be said about how Jock has done so far as the head coach. Right. I mean, they went against Chicago in his first game, and that's a very good East team, and they lost. And then they went to Washington and beat them. Doesn't really say too much. They went to Charlotte, beat them, and then they played the, da- the Dallas Mavericks Monday night, and they lost by two points, which could have just been a win if Kevin Durant hit that uh, second free throw. And that was his first missed free, th- free throw in 62 attempts. Wild. But... Anyway, it's hard to tell with Jock right now, and I think that his his coming into this role coupled with Kyrie out is a little beneficial for him. There's not too much turmoil going on right now considering Kyrie's away from the media, away from the, uh, the fans, away from the court, and there's... Definitely nothing you can say, like you, like you said before, there's nothing you could say to this guy like you, you're, you're totally under pressure because no. Steve Kerr even said last week that anybody, him, Doc Rivers, was put into this situation with this type of team. I mean, it's basically impossible to achieve anything. And they might have some good talent. They might get Kyrie back. They do have Kevin Durant putting up 31 a game, Nick Claxton doing his own. But at the end of the day, I think it's up to the guys. But Jock Vaughn needs to put them in the right situation to win in terms of, you know, rotations and getting people looks that they weren't always getting. Like Cam Thomas played the other day, um, and the and the day before and the day before, and he's averaging nineteen in games that You're he's played. You're big on Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is my guy. He's averaging nineteen points and four assists in games that he's played over a minute. And you just you can't really deny the fact that this guy wants to play. He wants to be out there. He's going to do something for you. Kyrie, when he has zero points at the end of the first half against uh, Chicago last week, you think, hmm, maybe you can get a guy that isn't shooting every time on the on the offensive end and a guy that can, you know, distribute more but feel comfortable with the shots he's taking. And that was a big reason why they were able to stay in the game last night, or two nights ago, excuse me, against Dallas. Because going down the stretch, Cam Thomas hit a beautiful three to put them down one. And then they played the free throw shooting game. Obviously, KD missed, whereas O'Neal with the layup that was blocked or threw it away or whatever. But that was a close game. But nonetheless, my point is there's there's not too much to tell right now from Jock Vaughn. And I think that if he just keeps up his consistency – and doesn't be too sporadic, this team can definitely meld into something greater than what they were before. Absolutely. And I just want, for people watching, I just want everyone to know, in case it was confused, Will Grant, before Kyrie even was suspended, before he stopped playing this season, he said, give Cam Thomas minutes. And Cam Thomas has gotten minutes, and look where they are now. They're they're competing much hev- much more than they were with Kyrie. And I think it's a really good point about Cam Thomas because if you can get good production out of him without all of the craziness that comes with Kyrie Irving, if I'm the Nets, you know, I can make these kind of guidelines and not feel bad because you don't need to be in a rush. As crazy as this sounds, you don't need to be in a rush to get Kyrie Irving back because unless something drastic changes and Cam Thomas starts playing like trash, I mean, right now, based on what I'm seeing, I am taking a... I'm taking Cam Thomas over Kyrie Irving considering all the the team chemistry that that goes on with that. I'm big on Cam Thomas now. I'm now on the same same team as you in that in that sense. Welcome. The 
The Nets have a, you know, a decent schedule coming up. I think tonight's game against the Knicks, will, will, which Will Grant will be at, that'll be very exciting. The Nets and the Knicks, I think you're going to see a lot, uh, learn a lot about the Nets because I, they're similar and they're dissimilar in a lot of ways, but they're similar in a lot of ways as well in a sense of, you know, it's early on in the season and the trajectory of both of their seasons are still up in the air. So I think them playing each other will be huge tonight. Then they go on to play the Clippers. I don't see them winning that game. And then they play the Lakers, which... You know, you never know with LeBron, but the Lakers as an organization is kind of in a mess as well. They're kind of like the Nets without the the insane PR nightmares. They're just they're just bad at basketball. Um, but looking at these games, you know, I could see them. They play the Kings and then the Trailblazers and the Grizzlies. I could see them being at 500 within the next month and a half, two months. I don't think the season's a wash yet. I think even with a, another new coach. You know, the talent's still there. Kevin Durant's still Kevin Durant. You've got Claxton. You've got Cam Thomas stepping up. I don't think the season is a throwaway yet. I know they're 4-7, and seven, but, you know, things happen early on in the season. You know, the, the beginning of the NBA season is always crazy, and you can't buy too much in. Of course, the Nets are a different situation considering everything that's been going on. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I'm not completely smashing the, the panic button a hundred percent yet there's definitely reasons to panic but I could still see this team being a play-in team or even you know a playoff team right yeah I, I think that they can definitely make the uh the play-in game like I said before it just depends if these rotations get played by Jock Vaughn and if you know Cam Thomas can keep stepping up to the plate and god forbid any injuries there's so much going on yeah. the identity of this organization has been injured deeply and we don't need any of them to get physically injured but I think the east right now is very top heavy um the Cavs are absolutely unbelievable I don't think anybody thought that they would be able to be where they're at right it's now very true. considering how uh great this east is the celtics right after them the bucks of course on top having their first loss the other night they're originally nine and oh the hawks who have one of the best tandems in point guards that i've ever seen in Dejounte murray and trey young trey young out for the moment and then the bulls and then that that drop off of knicks wizards sixers pacers uh the heat also are going to get back into it eventually but there's there's such a top heavy uh east like i said and i think it was like this a lot last year um, but I think those bottom teams, it's going to be very hard to have a worse record than the Hornets, Pistons, Magic, um, Pacers, Wizards. It's just there's there's a lot of teams that you can beat in this division. Exactly. But there's also, also a lot of teams that you can get swept by in the in the regular season. Absolutely, and, and that's a good point. I mean, looking at the East right now, with, with everything that's been going on with the Nets, they're only ranked 11th. I mean, that it's not like they're right. they're at the bottom with the Pistons and the Magic. They're Again, there's only been a very few amount of games played. The separation is very small. If they lose two games, they could easily be paired up with the Magic at the bottom. But, you know, will they make the play-in? Probably. But will they make it past the play-in? I think the ceiling of this team is very, very definite. I think if they make it to the second round, a miracle has happened. Again, things can change you know trades can happen even you know Kyrie I don't know a single team that would want to put themselves into the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes at this moment but as time passes if Kyrie which we'll get into the Kyrie Irving situation in a second but with how early it is in the season this Nets team could itself could look incredibly different and in a short amount of time but we are actually going to move on to the Kyrie Irving situation and I feel like we went in pretty deep a second ago on what actually happened but what I'm interested to to hear your opinion on Will is will Kyrie Irving put on a Nets uniform again? 
It's very hard to tell. I think that the Nets organization have has kind of accepted this, this whole uh, malarkey uh, with the off-the-court issues. So I think it'll be easier for him to put on a Nets jersey, but I don't know if it's going to be possible for him to put on one of the other 29 teams' jerseys because this is just bad for business. You get a guy who is you know saying all this stuff. He's not the best teammate in general. Um, he seems like a nice guy off the court. His play style is pretty uh, pretty flaky in this last season, so it's hard to tell what he really is at the moment. He's won championships before. He's won a championship before, excuse me. And he was also at the side of LeBron James, and now yeah. he has Kevin Durant. So we, we're not sure if the Nets are ready to give up on them, but I, I can assure you, but I really, I really think that the other 29 teams are not going to even touch him with a 10-foot pole. Exactly, and that's... That's what it really comes down to to me. I don't think the Nets necessarily want him. Uh, I mean, who would? I mean, they say no press is bad press. This is bad press. This is pretty bad this press. This is terrible press. I This completely denotes that saying. I mean, you see, this has had a bad impact on the way people view the Nets. And I think they're really setting a precedent now, which I think is great in response to that. Not going for the Ime Adoka situation, not not bringing that in, not bringing in more issues, but but staying with Jacques Vaughn. I think they're really setting a precedent, which makes me think that there is a chance that Kyrie Irving doesn't put on a Nets uniform again. If there was any interest, and I mean a single drop of interest from any team, I really think they'd pursue that as hard as they can. I think right. that if I'm the Nets, I would take a a lesser trade than I would normally if if I'm the Nets just to get him off the team especially because Cam Thomas is performing well but it's it's anyone's guess as to how this Kyrie situation is going to go I really wish there'd be some more like news coming out on you know where he is as far as those guideline goes again I mean he tried to I don't know where the situation stands with his donation but he sure did try to give a donation to the ADL they they did not accept it but you know, it'll be really interesting to see how this goes. Gosh, it's it's crazy. What is your last, before we wrap this up, your final thoughts? What do you think the perfect game plan as far as, not necessarily even the perfect game plan, what do you want to see the Nets do going forward when it comes to Kyrie Irving? Maybe anything. It's an open-ended question for a reason. What do you think the Nets can do best going forward to really minimize damage, do well, win games? I think that, number one, they need to play team basketball. Absolutely. You see these guys in the Cavaliers, in the Celtics, and in the Bucks, where they have, you know, a great offense, a great chemistry, a ton of guys they can actually score, a ton of guys that can play all sides of the ball, and that's a lot easier said than done, especially Jock Vaughn coming in his first day as the elected head coach of the Brooklyn Nets for the entire season. That's, that's a very tough task to ask, but I think that there's a lot of players on this team besides Kevin Durant and if we're saying Kyrie, besides Kyrie, that will buy into the system and want to work their behinds off in order to stay on this team next year. And guys like Edmund Sumner, Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton, I mean, these these guys are really going to give it their all. And I think that if they learn how to be a cohesive unit, and it seems like they know how to dish to Claxton, he's getting these slams down low, Cam's feeding him, KD's even feeding him, he's starting to take off from that, uh, you know, every time you get the ball dribble pull up. So I think that there's a lot that has to go into team chemistry and understanding what everybody on the floor's strengths are on offense and defense and then compensate for them uh, by just knowing what they're going to lack in and not be as proficient as you might be. Exactly. And I think the other big thing is I think Jacques Vaughn has to, and it is absolutely imperative that he gets control of this locker room. 
there I don't think team chemistry can make a huge step unless everyone respects the head coach and I think that was right. an issue with Steve Steve Nash is he just didn't have that voice in the locker room it was likely Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and you see how that is going now I think Jacques Vaughn has to get control of the locker room and I think the other big thing is Ben Simmons has to play like an NBA player right I, I almost <laughs> forgot about him <laughs> exactly like he has to my expectation for Ben Simmons isn't even like he should be the all-star player he was before. He just has to be he has to play like the role he's given and that is a starting a starting player. That's all he needs to do. I'd rather Royce O'Neal on my team than him right now. That's um, fair. I mean, it's just it's just the way that things are going and that's what I mean in my point before. You got to see what are Ben Simmons' deficiencies? Okay, let's get him some nice pick and rolls so he could slam it down. We've seen him do that before. Mm-hmm. Backdoor cuts, use him as a decoy. And, you know, him shooting the three is obviously not going to happen. Him getting defensive steals is going to happen, and that's not going to happen for other gifted offensive players on the floor. Absolutely. And, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how the, the Nets go from here. They will play the New York Knicks tonight at 7 p.m., Will Grant will 7.30 p.m., my bad. Thank you. Uh, was... <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Will Grant will be there. That'll wrap up our special edition of Pick and Pod. Thank you for listening. I'm Julia Moss, joined here by Will Grant. W, or Pick and Pod is a production of WFUV Sports.